Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, and welcome to the Way Up North podcast. This podcast series is about getting to know the presenters of Way Up North in Rome this coming April 2017. And my name is Jenny Hammer. What you're about to hear is a chat I had with Caroline Lee, originally from Milwaukee and currently living in Los Angeles. Um, This go-getter has so many interesting things going on, different business ideas, um, everything from importing Moroccan rugs to pro bono work all over the world. And I just hope some of it rubbed off on me. It definitely feels like it did. So anyways, this is my conversation with Caroline of Woodnote Photography. Okay, good. I can see you. Can you see me? Yes. <laughs> I love how I call right back and it rings like 20 times. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened in the, from the two seconds? I'm just teasing. Oh, fine. Anyway, hi. Good to hi. meet you. Are you. Good to meet you. So you just turned 40? How did you know? Oh, I you wrote told- you. Yeah. That's why I was, <laughs> I was like, just, what? The word's out. Like, no. Yeah, Happy birthday. Thank you. So now it's like almost a week ago. Yeah. Oh, was it fun? It was fun. It was really fun. I actually worked on my birthday the whole day. Like I shot kind of a boring thing. But but then my husband surprised me afterwards. We went out to dinner and um, some of my friends were there. It was like a surprise, you know, dinner out. Aww. That's awesome. So that was nice. Um. Oh. So what's the, what's the connection with you and... Europe. Um, well, I'm from here. I'm from Sweden, and I'm in Sweden now. So uh, I live here, and then I. But I grew up in the states, so I lived like okay. 15, 16 years in the Chicago area. Oh, yeah. I grew. Up, I grew up in Milwaukee. So you did. Yeah, you're a Midwest mm-hmm. girl. I am Milwaukee. Yep. Milwaukee. That's like beer. I think of beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Germans. Germans, yeah. Yeah. So, because now you're in L- in LA, right? You're mm-hmm. what brought you to LA? Was it like um acting dreams? Well, I married I married an Australian uh-huh. and we lived in Melbourne for uh over two years when we first got together. And then we moved to Wisconsin for a little while to go be near my siblings because they were really young. Um, and so we went back to the Midwest to be near them while they sort of finished high school and grew up. And then after that, there was nothing like, we don't like the Midwest enough to be there like as our, as our life. So, um, so then it was sort of like where, where to next and LA is great weather all the time. Um, it's like a good middle spot. It was weird as that sounds like to be in between our families. So, you know, we're like one flight away from LA and one flight away from Milwaukee. Um, and there's like enough distance that we don't have, we're not like, we love our families, but like, I think distance makes them better if we were around around all the time, it would be like not as cool. So, you know, it's, it's good to, it's good to kind of, um, get to do like to see them when we want to see them. Yeah. That's good to like be deliberate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No surprises. So wait, so what you're I have that brought about a lot of questions. Your siblings are a lot younger than you. Does that mean that they're like in a, from a different constellation or is it the same parents, everything? I'm the oldest of six, so oh my god! It's not that they're that. It's not that they're that. Um, 
Yeah, there. It's just that there's a big gap. Like my my youngest sister is like 13 years younger than I am, just because. Wow. My parents had a lot of kids, so there was just um, you know, there was about two to three years in between all of us, and so um. And where where did you say you were you were in the birth order there? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest of six. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of coming back was like it was something that we, my husband and I wanted to do because we felt like we weren't really a part of, um, my siblings lives. Like when we got married, my little sister, gosh, I don't even know how how old she was. She would have been like six. And so, and I moved to Australia. And so the more that time went on, the more we were sort of like, you know, they, they aren't going to even remember us as time goes on. They're going to be like, Oh yeah, those people that we used to know that sort of moved away when we were young. And so we moved back and sort of were like, let's be a part of their lives. And we're really glad because Jaden's the youngest. So his brothers were already grown up and his brothers already sort of had, they were already married and having kids. So it was less of a, like they didn't, you know, obviously they love us when we're around, but they're not just sitting around wondering about us all the time. Like Like your little siblings are probably like, when you come, they're probably like, oh my God. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, and now we're really, we're really close with my siblings and actually two of them live in LA. Oh, wow. Um, we collaborate with them all the time because they do like video work. So we, um, we get to do different projects where like we're directing and producing and they're shooting and that, that's all really, really fun. So it's been, it's been, it, it was definitely like a sacrifice in in some ways to move back to the Midwest, especially going from Melbourne, which is like this amazing, big, huge metropolitan art city. Yeah. And then to, to like Milwaukee, which is amazing, but it, it's not quite like the center of the world in, in everything creative that's happening. So it was a good stretch for us. And it was also really good for us in terms of our business to get really intentional and get really focused and, um, I think if you can shoot a wedding in the dead of winter in Wisconsin, when everything is like brown and trees are dead and the light is terrible, if you can do that, then you can do anything. <laughs> Best school ever. Yeah. If really you cool. make it there, you'll make it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyway. now it's like anything after that now is like easier. And now you have like sun. I mean, because let's face it. Wisconsin and Sweden are very comparable. I mean, I'm we I'm literally living in that brown mess you're talking about right now. February, Sweden, it's just horrible. Yeah. So, what what does an Australian think of Milwaukee and like what was that like bringing like I mean, I'm sure there's foreigners there, but I mean, still, it must have been kind of exotic. Very exotic. Um, by the way, are we recording? I'm not sure. Like, do yeah. I need to be doing anything? <laughs> no, you're perfect. I just, it's yeah. like a, a recorder that just records our voices. So no video, okay. but it does help okay. to see you because I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Do you need, it? can you hear my voice okay? Or do I need to put like a mic? I hear you head- fine. Yeah. I just, I had this on because my microphone wasn't working. I discovered after doing. Seven of these Sorry. podcasts. Sorry to say that. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like missing something. No. Um, so moving, so for Jaden, moving from Australia to Milwaukee, it's definitely, Milwaukee is definitely a city that doesn't have as many, um, it's not as diverse. It doesn't, it's not like LA where there's just different foreign, like every race, every country is represented everywhere you go. And it's less of a novelty in, um, whereas in, in Milwaukee, I mean, we could be going out to get a burger and like five people would be like, where are you from? Like when he would talk, you know what I mean? So, oh my God. I love your accent. Wow. Seriously. <laughs> and everyone always thinks England, like everyone's always like, are you from England? And like, literally <laughs> it would just be everywhere we go. And it, and like, that's cute at first. And for like the first, you know, month that we lived there, it was really sweet that people cared. And, you know, that was so great. And then when you've been there for like three years, um, I think he started to feel a little bit just like no one, 
no one saw him as fitting in. Like he want he's Jaden's a very relational person who loves to create belonging and belong. And he wants to like be known. And so to kind of be in, in his own city where he's like, this is my city. Like this is my home. And yet everyone always being like, where are you from? You're not from around here, are you? You're from these parts. Or, oh, my God. Yeah. I can just imagine him being like, okay, no one's asked me for like two hours where I'm from. I'm starting to kind of. And then it's uh, like, oh, my God. Uh, I love the way you talk. Totally. I, totally. Yeah, growing up in the Midwest. Really, you know it. Yeah, you don't really have an you don't well, really have a strong accent. No, I, I mean I didn't have an accent, but I can just imagine that people are so yeah. friendly and they mean well, but you're just like, you know, shut it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they totally mean well, yeah, and they're so say it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, we actually, I have him in my phone um, as a different name because one one day we were out and he met a girl and the girl couldn't quite understand his accent, which I think is hilarious because it's only Australian. Not that it's not that crazy, but he, um, she, she said, what's your name? And he said, Jaden, but with his accent, it sounds more like Jaden. And she said, Jaina. And, and he was like, yeah, as in va, as in vagina. That's my as name. In and vagina. I laughed so hard and so I, we I always will call him Va or like Gina because that's just perfect it's like not he's gotten dragon he's gotten um Chiden a lot of people think he's saying his name is Chiden it's Chiden, great just Gina yeah. is just there's only one thing you think of when you hear that I know I know I know now yes. on when I think of that, I'll think of your Jaden, which is My Jayden, really yeah. awkward. When you meet him, you can be like, oh, you're, oh, Gina, oh, nice that's... to meet you. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, my God. I I cannot do an Australian accent, and I bet everybody tries to do it, too. Like, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, let me, you know, do my shrimp on the baby, all that stuff. But I, it's like the one... Well, no, it's not the it's one of a hundred that I can't do, but still, nonetheless, it's yeah, so it's hard. Not- I mean, do you find yourself slipping into it? I mean, being around him? No, I I'm I know a lot of people who fake accents and they and it's like they think it's funny or something, but it's not. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> so, um, I've always been very careful about never picking up on certain things or like accidentally slipping into it. I think when I lived in Australia, I think my accent softened a little bit, like my own uh, American Wisconsin accent softened, which I was totally okay with because I didn't really actually want to be, I don't really like it when people say they can tell where I'm from with my accent. Yeah. So um, I think my accent softened a little bit, but it definitely, um, I've never started talking like an Australian. When I've been, when I'm in Australia for more than a day, I can, I can do the accent pretty perfectly. But the other thing is Australian <laughs> girls talk in a totally different range. Um, oh, than, really oh, high yeah. pitched? Yeah. And like very sing songy, like lots and lots of melody in their voice. And so for me, my voice doesn't actually sound very Australian because I talk so low and because I'm, I'm not quite so chirpy in my in my uh, intonation which is weird but it's true you do sound more I mean like I remember when we lived in the states everybody thought we spoke so low because I mean here we think Americans speak very like nasally and high-pitched the women like what you're saying and maybe Australians are like the next level of high-pitched like sing songy yep they totally are and the girls especially and sometimes it's cute and sometimes you know when you've just had a long day and you just don't really feel like you're just like (laughs) no too much cut the flowers just give me the words (laughs) just text me I love that I I give my husband a hard time because his (laughs) ex-girlfriend spoke with like a really high-pitched voice and like I'll never forget. I never met her, um, obviously, she because she wouldn't be alive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I heard. I'm just kidding. She, I I happened to hear her she, leaving a voice message on his like 
good old-fashioned answering machine way back in the day. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, I know, I know. <laughs> I guess. Oh. oh, my gosh. It's like, um, it's like uh, Janice from Friends. Did you ever watch? Yes. Did you ever watch Janice. Friends? Oh, oh like, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's so bad. And I'm really, I'm really into sound. Um, sound. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm really sensitive to it. And I hear sounds really, really, um, like even if they're super far away or like if I'm in a loud restaurant, I'll be like, do you hear that? It's our song. And like, you know, Jane will be like, how are, I don't hear a song. We're in a loud restaurant. So you I'm really like sens- have this matrix kind of mind. Are you, do you <laughs> get annoyed by people chewing loudly, for example? Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay. You're I, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot function. Like Jaden puts on music when we have meals together because he, he knows that if there's just two of us sitting in a room eating, like I will just be like, I need to go. I need to leave. I can't just sit here listening to you chew. Oh my gosh. Like, so do you have cool. to chew in that, that loudly or that? I, oh. I'm the same way. I actually can't stand chewing sounds either. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Well, it's apparently, did you know it's like an actual condition? A lot I of did hear have. that. I like read, I think one of my sons has it because he's seven and he cannot sit next to his brother and eat. He's every meal. He's like, I'm going to go sit over there. I cannot hear your, I can't listen to your smacking of your food. And I'm like, no, that's quite early to be doing that unless he probably no, has it. it's not early. I think it's a thing. And for me, I remember it when I was a kid because my mom swallowed her coffee every morning really loud. And I remember as a kid being like, oh, gross. <laughs> like, that is so gross. And I was only a kid, and she was only minding her own business swallowing her coffee. <laughs> but it and made me were so like, mad. please, it's so offensive. <laughs> it made me so mad. It oh made me mad. God. And I have a brother who also has the same memory. He'll be like, we'll talk about mom's loud coffee swallowing. So I think he has it too. But I do, I just, let's not be too quick to give your mom the passage. Some people really do swallow like, <laughs> like obnoxiously loud. It's like they, they're also swallowing. I don't know. I hate, my sister does it when she drinks her tea. She swallows so loud. And I think she does it to annoy me, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's a condition. Oh, totally. Like trying loud to swallow. <laughs> I also have I also have a friend who eats and she chews and talks with her mouth full. Oh, that's annoying. And I really love her and I haven't actually said anything to her about it because I don't eat with her that often. So it's like one of those things that I just think every time it happens, I'm like, Okay, it's fine. We can we can focus on something else for this minute. But but you should just Sometimes. recommend this podcast to her. I'll and recommend maybe, it. And maybe like, just and then just just be like never speak of it again. And just <laughs> it'll I, I promise you it's gonna just it'll just well, and she's like disappear. a mother, so I'm like, you are gonna teach your kids that it's okay to chew with your mouth full and talk with mm, your mouth full. You're okay. gonna teach them that. And it's that is so gross. Inevitably, old people start to do it. I've noticed that if you're like over 85, you, I swear everyone I know that's really old does it. They tuck some, so gross, they tuck some food like in their cheek because they want to talk, but they're like too slow to actually just chew and swallow it. So they're like, I'm just going to tuck it right here and then talk. And Mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, but Mm. yeah, there's no excuse for under 85. (laughs) <laughs> my dad does that and my siblings when he does that because he does the tuck the tuck and chew yeah. um, my siblings will be like dad dad chew dad chew it chew. we'll dad. wait they just like won't <laughs> let him talk they just interrupt him <laughs> I'm just relieved that it's not just me I mean I like really I my best friend growing up she she herself said she's like well I have something called tongue thrust oh. I don't know yeah, which apparently makes swallowing very loud or whatever, but it used to, yeah, annoy me too. But then she just pulled that out. Tongue thrust? Yeah, I know. Don't it sounds like something that some people wish they had. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot more cool and exciting than 
that it was. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to research this one. Yeah, tongue thrust. Um, yeah, not good. Anyways, um, yeah, people can be so annoying. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, man, can't but, live with them, can't live without them. That's for sure. But so how did you meet this Australian Gina? Uh, Gina. I met Gina um, <laughs> in Wisconsin, actually. We were both musicians before we were photographers, and um, we actually still play music, but we met um, in Wisconsin in 2003. Okay. And, oh, <laughs> and you're right over there. Um, he, he was falling apart. Fine. So he um, was touring with a band from Australia. And I was playing my violin at the same place that he was playing. And we met backstage and just sort of chatted. And he told me that he was staying at a really crummy hotel in the area. And I was like, oh, that's that's rough. And um, he said he didn't have a rental car. And I was like, what are you doing for food? And he said, well, I've been walking to Applebee's because that's the only thing that I can eat. And I was like, okay. This is your, this is like your one chance to get a good vibe of what America is because, you know, he was like young, early twenties, had never been to America before. And I was like, okay, we got to do some cool stuff together because I can't have, I can't have you being here and have that kind of experience. Like you can't go back to Australia and say, you know, the barbecue sauce at Apple is pretty great. That's not what you're going to go. That's horrible. You like took it on yourself. Like this is my responsibility now. I got this. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, come over. First of all, I said, come over to my family's house. I don't know why I said that, but I did. It's not like I commonly brought random boys home, but um, I How did. How old were you at this, at this point? 17. Oh, I know. I, know. I was a freshman in college. And um, so I brought him home and... Uh, I was actually dating someone else at the time. So I wasn't even thinking of it as like, a this is a thing. It was more like, Hey, I'm being nice to this boy. That's all. And so I brought him home. My mom cooked a dinner for him. He met my family without there being any sort of, uh, you know, this is the future in-laws. He literally was just meeting them because I met him at a venue. And, um, then we went to Chicago for a day together kind of just like did a bunch of cool stuff. And then by the time he left, um, like three weeks later, we had hung out a bunch. And so it was just like, wow, this person's really rad. I like, I like who they are. We, we talk for hours and we talk about everything and we have so much in common. And, um, so we just really hit it off and stayed really good friends. Um, and, and at first I didn't know if I would ever hear from him again, because in 2003, that was like pre social media. There wasn't Facebook. There right. wasn't, there wasn't Instagram there. There not like no Facebook, no nothing. And so yeah. he, we literally had to like email each other. That yeah. was the only way that was the only way we were going to talk. Cause otherwise it was like a dollar a minute to, um, <laughs> to call each other. And so I thought, I, it was ridiculous, but at, uh, we literally, I thought as, as I said bye to him, I thought, man, this could be the last time I ever see this kid. That's really sad. He's awesome. But and wait, then, was the boyfriend still around at this point or during the three uh, weeks that uh, he sort of we, disintegrated? Yeah. During the three weeks, we both sort of were like, we, we, it was a really, it wasn't like a long-term boyfriend. It was just like we were dating and it was because we had a lot of the same mutual friends and our friends had sort of said, like, it's really weird that you guys are both single. And every time we hang out, you're you're the only ones that aren't with people. So you should probably date. And we were like, all right. Mm. And so we were we were having a little bit of fun with it, but it wasn't like a love connection. Yeah. It was more like, you know, we would like make out for hours and then be like, okay, bye. There wasn't anything <laughs> like, there wasn't anything fun. Like we, I remember actually, this is so funny. I remember one time I was, at, I went to go meet his parents and I, w I went to his house and we were sitting on the couch together and talking to his parents. And I remember he literally said to his mom, yeah, we're not going to end up together or anything like that. Cause Caroline's like really adventurous. Like she's probably going to marry a foreigner and like travel around the world. And that is not me. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. But it was really funny because I, it was funny. Like that was before I had met Jaden and yet he, he like, put it, you know, like put it in the space that I was probably going to be the type that would marry a foreigner and he pegged around. you. <clears throat> so you were both like totally in it for just 
the makeout sessions and that's yeah, it. Pretty much. So then when then a couple of weeks into Jaden being here or being in Wisconsin, um, he I remember it was really funny. He said um, he said that he was like, hey, I, I want to hang out with my ex. Is that OK? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care at all. And then he was like, I mean, maybe maybe this maybe we should just like, you know, have fun with other people and do other stuff. And I was like, yeah, great. And then it was weird. That was it. And it was, it wasn't a bad breakup and it wasn't, you know, I think our friends were more bummed than we were. So that, but that happened during the three weeks with Jaden. And then when he left, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be so sad that this is the one time in my life I got to hang out with this kid. Um, but then in over the next nine months, we emailed so much and, um, and then he invited me to visit him in Australia. And so then that was when things started to get a little steamier. So wait, no kissing before he left? Not no. even like a... No, nothing. Nothing. Because no. we, we were still just friends. And so it was very... I didn't want to like, you know, rush anything. And he didn't either. Because I think we both... We're both really intense personalities. And so I think we're both very practical and logical and we don't, we're not like spontaneous get caught up in the moment and do ridiculous things and then regret them the next day. We're like, okay, I'm about to make this choice. Is this a good choice? Will I, what will I think of this choice in a week and a month and a year? And so I think both of us were like, okay, getting into a relationship with someone from the other side of the world is mega. Yeah. It's like really mega. And so I think we both were like, we're not going to just jump into this because we're having fun together. Um, and sometimes we say our only regret is that we didn't just like hook up the day we met and just run with it because yeah. we were so being so careful and cautious. And, and but, now I'm like, Oh, we should have just done it. But that's easy to say, you know, in hindsight, I mean, there's a lot of things like that, obviously that we probably all like, why didn't I just, why didn't I, like, who cares? That should have just happened or I should have just done this and this. But yeah, like you said, sometimes we're, there's a lot of those. I mean, where I wish it would have been more like, I was about to say naughty, but that's, that in English, that's not the right, right translation. Oh dear. I'll be like, not, that's not what I meant at all. Um, I'd be like, cut that out. Um, no, but I think that's easy to say. But the important thing is you ended up together, and here you are. So you guys have been together for, like, how many years? How old are you? Mm -hmm. I'm 31. We've been together for 13 years. Because we, we got together when I was 18. 18. So. Oh, my God. I know. Baby. So then what happened? Long-distance relationship through college or – uh, no, we, we, um, we did long distance for like almost two years. Then we got married and I, I sort of deferred from my studies and moved to Melbourne. You're we there for a couple of years where I was just working and he was touring. Um, and then that's kind of when we started doing more photography stuff. Cause we were both photographers, um, as like hobbyists and okay. we both loved shooting. And that was like something that we both had done before we met each other, but it was like, you know, we would shoot film and we would do it as more of a, um, fine art kind of thing. Like he did a lot of photography in his high school. Um, and I did a lot of it just like with my own sort of traveling and siblings and stuff. And so then it was when I lived in Australia that we started doing more photography. Um, like when we got married, we bought digital camera gear. That was like our present to each other, <clears throat> which was kind of cool. Yeah. So that was our, our big thing when we got married was switching to digital, which was, you know, very controversial. And, um, so that was in 2005 and we started shooting digital and I started like a sort of a personal blog so that our friends and family could keep up with where we were. Cause we were always somewhere weird. Um, and then it was through that, that people started asking if they could hire us to shoot this and that and different events and families things. And at first we were like, that's kind of weird. This is just our, hobby like this this isn't our real job um but we started saying yes and playing around with it and then it really just grew and grew so quickly um to the point where we were uh we went from being kind of like 
side job photographers to it really taking up like 40 hours a week of our time. And then when it started taking up more than 40 hours a week, we realized that we needed to get rid of our other jobs because we couldn't juggle, you know, three jobs and be doing a good job with our clients. So then we jumped, we jumped in and, and went full time. And I think that was like six or seven years ago. So it's been a really long time now that we've been doing it and it's, it continues to evolve. Like now that we're in LA, we do a lot more commercial stuff and um, we do a lot of kind of events because with Instagram, we, um, we get invited to a lot of things that are more, I mean, the word influencer gets used. I don't know. I don't really like that word, but let's use it. Cause that's what, that's what, I don't know. People like to say, but we go. A lot of what, what do you mean by that? What What does that mean? I don't. Um, well, it, specifically, I think it, it's a it's a culture for sure. But in L.A. specifically, um, there are so many people who have large followings. And um, and so they get invited to a lot of specific brand events. So if a space is opening um, these certain people will get invited. If a product is getting launched, these certain people will get invited. It's kind of like, um, newer wave marketing mm -hmm. where rather than having ads on television or in a magazine or in a newspaper, it's more like if we can get the people that have large followings to talk about our product in an organic way that matches with their voice, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be really powerful marketing. So um, you would get invited or you would get like hired to shoot something like that? Yeah. I, at first we would get hired to shoot those, a lot of those in LA. And then, and now we more get invited as actual influencers. Um, but we're obviously still shooting them as well for our own, um, you know, for our own portfolio and Instagram and stuff. But that's, it's a really, it's a really amazing how, that has evolved so quickly and that has really become such a huge part of life in LA. It's very strange. It's a weird bubble here. Like there isn't, I can't think of another city except maybe New York that has, you know, events three times a week where you're going because of something like that. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. And yet it's really fun. And because we're self-employed, it's also a way to um, kind of like see colleagues. Um, because when you're self-employed, obviously you're just like sitting at your desk all the time or on set shooting. And so getting to go to an event and see all your friends all the time is kind of fun. Well, and plus and if you're working weekends all the time too, it's like you have to make <clears throat> the best of the weekdays and like go out. I mean, that's awesome. I remember that from New York too, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, people are like out partying. <laughs> so awesome. So it's so much, it's so much. And I've had to, this year I've started being more intentional about even like when I go out, am I going to drink or if I, when I go out, like how late am I going to stay out? Because I mean, I find that I do my best when I get a really good night's sleep and I get up early in the morning and work out. And those are things that it's impossible to do if you are out drinking every single night. <laughs> You're like, I've tried it. Believe me. It just, it. and you know what? <clears throat> it's really hard. It's hard. And it's, I mean, maybe in your twenties you can do it, but you hit a point where you're like, all right, it's not as fun anymore. Yeah. No, that's for sure. <laughs> and it sounds like you're kind of like, you're part rock and roll part, like, okay, you like structure and a little bit of a like certainty not addict, I don't know about that, but that you like to know kind of what's going on. Do you hate surprises? I mean, it's funny because I hate surprises in terms of um, like if I don't get to plan ahead and something just gets thrown at me as a curveball, I don't love it. Um, and yet, like I would, I would call myself in terms of the, in terms of personalities, I have more of a controlling personality, not like a toxic controller, but more like I'm going to have a plan and I'm going to know what's like what I'm what I'm doing going into something. And it, and I think that's um, that can be a bad thing. But if you if you do it in a way that is intentional and mindful, then it's not going to be like you're not going around controlling people like a notorious mother in law or something like that. <laughs> it's more it's more like um, 
it's more just like good planning and, and going into something, knowing what you're, why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, so I like doing that, but I think, um, the, the other thing is that being the creative kind of world that we are, um, there are so many curveballs that get thrown our way. And, and so many of the businesses that we've started are so not, con- not controllable. Um, like, you know, we do things with importing from Morocco and we have a, an event space in LA and both of those things mean there's just not, you can't control. Like there's just an element where, um, I can only be happy if I let go a little bit and, and kind of handle the curveballs as they get thrown my way. Um, because it's just, if I was like a control freak, then every single time something goes wrong, I would be a mess for days. Right. Um, whereas <laughs> I have to be, Jaden and I often just say, okay, and shift. And like, we, we literally <laughs> snap and like move our heads to the side and we're like, all right, this is not looking the way we thought it was going to, but what are we going to do about it? Like being mad about it isn't going to actually, you know, fix anything. So shifting and just being like committed to working through whatever happens is, um, is, is a great way to not lose my head. What are you importing from Morocco? This is like interesting. (laughs) Just like, by the way, (laughs) I have an event space and I import things from Morocco. What, so is, is, Uh, is photography, I mean, so, so you guys are like, not just creatives, you kind of like have an entrepreneurial uh, vein. Do you say that in English? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we say artery. artery. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We say vein. I just wanted to mess with it. Um, Don't no, me. yeah, we definitely, we definitely are like serial business starters and um, entrepreneurs, I guess, is a weird word because it makes it sound like something really cool. Um, but it's, it's not necessarily, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I like guess it's, it's an addiction. Say, it's an addiction. Yep. Totally. Um, and, and I think it's fun because my, my personality is to get a little bit, um, I don't want to say bored, but kind of bored where I'm like, okay, I've, I mastered that, you know, mm-hmm. not like I'm bored of it and I, I don't like it anymore, but like, I want a new challenge. Yeah. And I love new challenges and I love things that are going to, you know, bring new people into my life or whatever, whatever it is. So explain the Morocco thing. Like, for example, you're. Yeah. For example, we import vintage rugs from Morocco, which is something that we've been doing for like a little over two years. And it's grown into a pretty big side business. Um, Excuse me. So. It's called Cocoa Carpets, and we basically like cocoa, like Morocco. Um, and so we we source the um, there's different tribes in the Atlas Mountains. Um, they're Berber tribes, and they make these incredible rugs that all have different patterns and colors, and they're all very specific to their tribe. And wow. um, I did a lot, a lot <clears throat> of research on those before. We went over to Morocco for the first time and it was sort of like an addiction because of my own personal wanting some for my house. And then it kind of grew into this thing where it was like, well, other people want them too. And maybe we can just see what happens. And so it's been really fun and like a whole new set of challenges, um, but also a whole new set of um, people that we've gotten to uh, connect with because of it. I mean, like they're, they're not cheap. So the people who buy expensive vintage rugs are usually really interesting. So I was Google who buys them and it's real. They're always really interesting people. Like one of them was like Miley Cyrus's ghostwriter. Um, and like the game of Thrones producer bought two, um, you know, so it's always like, if someone's going to drop like six grand on a, on a couple rugs in a few hours, like you're always like, okay, who is this person? Yeah. Um, so I, love, I love Googling that and being like, oh, wow, fun. Should I write a note in here and be like, I don't really like your TV show or should I write like, I respect your work. Love Caroline. Love but, um, you. And I love you. And then stand <laughs> outside their window, like, 
How's <laughs> that rug working out? <laughs> I, know. I know where you live. I know where you live. So that's really fun. Um, and that's something that like brings new challenges. And Jaden and I do that together um, in a lot of ways. And so we both have super different strengths, which is also really fun. Um, getting to work with someone who sometimes drives me insane, but really when I'm being mature, I get to remember that he's actually just has totally different strengths than I do. So if I'm annoyed at him, it's actually just my own fault because I'm being mad at him for not being me. Um, instead of appreciating that what he brings to the table is stuff that, um, we couldn't do. Like we couldn't do what, what we do if it was just me, you know? But what we, kind of stuff, in what way are, would you say that you're really different? I'm a very, I'm like the, the big, um, doer. Like if there's a weird idea, he loves, he's like an ideas idealist. He's a dreamer. Um, he's someone who, um, you know, if you put him in a room with a piece of paper, he could draw anything. He could, um, write anything. He's, he still composes music for a lot of the videos that we do. So he, you know, he creates, he's like a generator of ideas. Um, but he is not the doer. Like he doesn't, he doesn't actually make it happen. He just churns out ideas all the time. Um, and he's a really big supporter. So if I have an idea, he'll be like, yeah, let's do it. He's not going to be, he's not going to be like the one who does it, but he's also going to be totally supportive. If I'm like, okay, we're doing this. I need you to handle this, this, and this to make it happen. He'll do that. He'll be like, Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's very, very supportive. And so, you know, sometimes that means like carrying hundreds of pounds of rugs or photographing them with me, or sometimes it means, you know, anything like whatever it means. He's very, um, he's very much a part of everything we do. And he does a lot of, um, he does a lot of the relational stuff, um, with, with our businesses because I'm, again, I'm like the mover aheader type person you're like already way ahead Uh, you're like I'm somewhere else okay so he's like he's behind you like cleaning up all your (laughs) your ideas that are like (laughs) hopefully he's next to me hopefully I didn't leave him behind anywhere because then that I used to do that I think more than I do now but um I think now it's more about him being the the connector um Whereas I just like to get like, let's get down to business. Let's, you know, I'm very, I'm very German and I like to just, you know, cut to the chase, get it, get down to it. And, um, and I don't really like, I don't really take things personally. If someone's like, we don't want to work with you. I'm like, cool next, you know, whereas he's, he wants to like sit down. He wants to talk. He wants to, you know, get to know them. He wants them to feel, um, he doesn't want them to feel, he just makes people feel very, um, seen. He's, he's someone who always has tons of time to listen, but he also is very insightful with kind of, I don't want to say advice, but he's a really good sort of coach. Like, I think he should be a life coach because he can sit and listen to anyone and then have this like idea of how they could handle one of their problems in a way that they've never thought of before, but it's just very insightful and kind of is always bringing people together. So he's very, um, like, especially with our bride and grooms and especially on wedding days, he's someone who like, for example, he just, he will remember everyone's name. Like he will meet all the groomsmen and like the, the parents of the bride and groom and all day he'll just be going like, James, come on over here. And like, David, can you move to the right? And I'm like, my gosh, how do you remember all these people's names? You met them for like two seconds. And I'm the one going, okay, I don't know any of the bridesmaids' names and it's the end of the day and I've been with them all day and I still don't know. So he's um, very relational and he's very good at doing the connecting, um, which I value a lot and see as very important. So That's so impressive. I mean, some people just have a gift when it comes to that kind of stuff and it's, it's cool to have people like that around you, <laughs> especially married too. Yeah, for sure. And at first it was hard to work together um, because we were we were just used to being married and it was so weird being around each other all the time and having to kind of divvy our work responsibilities. Um, but once we figured it out, now it's actually easier to work together than it is to be married. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
funny. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Being married is not that easy, though. I mean, especially, okay, so you guys, you said now you've been married like 10 years? Almost 12. Almost 12. So, yeah, so you're, you're coming up on one of those probably, I don't even know. Um, but there's, you know, everything is cyclical in life. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't, I mean, yeah, I do know. I was about to say I wouldn't know, but I do know what it's like. Um, but it's, Have you been married? I'm married, yes, to the same guy. My God, this is the worst angle ever. Okay. I can't watch my, I can't look at myself in this thing. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, turn that um, yeah, no, I, I have a great husband. He's great. Uh, we've been married for 10 years. And well we done. just celebrated 10 years and I'm like, what, how long? Uh, well, um, you know, it's not easy. Like you said, it's, it's both. Cause you like kind of, you know, you get more and more hopefully connected and like kind of, you know, you understand each other. You don't even have to talk to just like know what the other person's thinking. And then on the other hand, and we have, you know, small kids, which makes it impossible for us to actually talk. We, that's how we've developed that skill because they don't let us have a conversation. So that's how many kids you have three. Oh, and they talk constantly. So. <laughs> <laughs> they want attention all the time, but, um, but yeah, no, it is, it is, um, it is kind of cool. And I admire people that work together like that because I just think like, wow, I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I don't think I could, but, um, I noticed that a lot of the people that I've spoken to now are actually like, they've teamed up. So it's becoming quite common. I mean, I don't know what your yeah. experience is. If you, a lot of husband and wife teams and, or whatever. Husband, husband, yeah, wife, wife. I a lot of husband and wife teams, and it's definitely a, a trend that I'm seeing a lot of. Um, I'm also seeing a lot of uh, husband and wives that are business partners break up, and that's also that also brings a whole new wave of complications to um, business and life because yeah. suddenly they have to separate their portfolios and, yeah. you know, recreate everything. So that's, that's been a, also a really, really big trend that both in husband and wives working together and also not working together. <laughs> I mean, and also, yeah. Cause then what do you do that? You have to split everything up. Obviously you can't Yeah, probably don't continue working together and then no. just break up on the, yeah. Anyways. Well, I don't, let's not talk about break. <laughs> no, oh. but it's, um, no, I'm just kidding. I, um, I think it's, it's like I said, like, it's interesting. I spoke to Andy about that, Andy Gaines, and he has his wife, brought on his wife, like, to do basically studio manager kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. I thought was cool. Yeah. So what do you, th what do you guys, when you have, like, your meetings then, what do you talk, do you guys do, like, okay, what's our 10-year plan? Do you guys do that kind of stuff? With each other? Yeah. Oh, my. No, it's more, we don't really talk about things that are going on already because things that are already going on are kind of just like already a machine. Um, and so when we talk and when we have meetings, it's usually like, what new things should we start? <laughs> what new business can we start? What domain can I, Literally, like website? It's bad. It's bad. It's not that bad. It's fun. It's fun. And sometimes it's, Sometimes it's, um, it actually like happens really quickly. And sometimes it's, um, you know, like we, a couple of years ago, we started something called come on team, which is, um, something that we started with two other people, um, with Wynn Wiley and with Krista Welch who came to India with us. Cause we've, we lead trips to India every so often and they came with us and we started talking about kind of like wanting to use our abilities um, to give back and to do some good. And so we started come on team with them, which is basically like anyone who wants to volunteer for three days at a time, we will create content for nonprofits. 
So we get together in like an Airbnb somewhere in the world and we'll be there for like three days, four days. Um, and we meet with the nonprofit and then we photograph for them. And then we do, we kind of like coach them on social media and build them a whole new website and make them like a video. And we do it all in three days. Um, and that's wow. something that, yeah. And that's, that's something that we, um, started with them. And again, fairly recently, but it has also grown really quickly and has been such an amazing part of our lives. Like every time I sort of think about which thing do we want to get rid of or which thing should we retire so we can start something new? Um, I think we can have it all and I think we can do it all and continue to add more. It's just about finding balance. And also my biggest stretch is uh, to trust other people to handle tasks for me so that I'm not doing everything myself. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I can be like, I trust Jaden and you know, if I give him a responsibility, I know he'll, he'll nail it. But in terms of other people, um, I haven't yet been someone who like hires on a team to go and handle things for me. And I think if I could do that, that would also <laughs> be a very positive thing for us. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, especially if you have like eight businesses, I mean, at some point time is just not going to be enough, but yeah, that sounds like such a cool project though. Yeah. It's amazing. And like when was just, um, overseas and doing one there and Jaden and I have done one with a nonprofit in the Congo. So we've, you know, we do a lot of nonprofit work because we like to tell stories that are, are going to matter, um, that are going to, let people know what's going on in the rest of the world and really connect, um, connect humans all over the world with, with other humans that are doing different things. Um, and ultimately, you know, our, our vision is for everyone to have access to education, um, all around the world. So a lot of times that means taking photos of people who currently don't have education and letting people who do have education become, aware of that. Um, I think awareness is a really big thing right now. Um, that is just kind of growing. And with the internet, there's more access to letting people know what's going on and to really humanize it. So it's not just like statistics, but like here are faces of people and here's what's going on in their lives. Right. Um, so yeah. Which obviously is, I mean, when you see like, this is a person who does not have clean water to drink. I mean, you're just like, but you hear it, like you said, in the numbers, you're like, I, it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around it. But um, so how would you choose, for instance, an, a, um, a nonprofit in the Congo? I mean, how does that, what's the process to like go there? Yeah. So a lot of the times we've had people reach out to us um, and we have a website, com, and people can submit um, you know, they're nonprofits to us so that we can check, check them and sort of see, um, if that's something that's a good fit for us. Um, yeah. we also, yeah. we also, when we're going to a new city, cause like we, um, we've done come on Nashville, come on Seattle, come on Los Angeles. Um, and so we went, every time we do a city, um, we reach out to locals that live in the area and sort of ask them who should we work with? Are there any really great nonprofit profits that you, um, you know, love what they're doing or any great nonprofits that are amazing, but have really bad websites? Um, because obviously, you know, creative people, uh, actually, I think all people are really responsive to excellent work. So if a photo is beautiful, if an Instagram feed is strong, um, if a video is really beautiful, if a website is well designed in terms of graphic design, I'm going to be way more interested in the story than if I go to the website and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is like pixelated and it's horrible. And what were they thinking? Um, and so we really want to elevate different nonprofits and what they're doing by giving them a way to tell their story, um, with a lot of excellence and intention creatively behind it. So we ask around for like, who's doing awesome stuff and, and yet has, doesn't have like the budget for a great website. And, um, and then sometimes that's how we get connected. So it's been amazing. I mean, the people that we get to work with are 
so incredible. And usually they're like so grateful that they, we just all get, they trust us to like really create something amazing because they're, they're just like stoked. So they're not micromanaging and weird. Um, and also because we're doing it in three days, we don't have time to do waves of back and forth. And we literally ask for them to trust us to like nail it. And, um, so it's really, it's really fun. It's really amazing. It sounds kind of like those, um, those oh. addictive programs where, um, oh man, what are they called? Where like Tyler Ty, Ty comes in and redoes your house. And oh yeah, yeah. What's that called? Makeover houses, like um, yeah, like extreme makeover. home makeover, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like where you're just, it's like that feeling of which always gets me every time. Like just it's so cool. People just give their time, you know what I mean, and their soul and their passion, and like do something great for someone else. That's really awesome. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I liked you before. Now I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool because you're still so young to kind of be thinking about that whole like, well, now I want to give back, but that's already started. You guys are going to do big things. Thank you. I hope can so. can only go up from here. <laughs> what kind of big things are you doing today? What is a, a day like this? It's a Monday. What are you guys going to do now? I think Jaden, Jaden, Jaina's around, right? I saw his little <laughs> shadow. Jaina was here. Um, Jaina, actually, speaking of shifting, um, Jaina is over at our studio, at our um, event space because. We've had crazy storms in LA all weekend, like crazy. And uh, the power's out at our space. So he's oh, over there no. being the, the hero handling that right now. Oh, okay. um, yeah, but you know, it's always stuff like that where you just never really know what's going on and um, getting some curveballs there. But we, um, let's see, we, we get up really early when we're home. We got back last night from Palm Springs. We were covering Modernism Week there. So we got back after we were there for like four days. Uh-huh. So we got back uh-huh. last night. Um, get up really early, which is neither one of us are morning people, but we just do it because we know it gives us a lot of daylight hours and it's good for our brains. And what's um, really early? Like 6.30. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that early, but it's early enough for us because we would normally sleep into like 9 or 9.30 if we could. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I do morning pages, which is like... There's this book called The Artist's Way. Have you ever heard of that? I have heard of that. I think I own it, actually. I, I mm. do own it. I've just never read it. Okay, well, it's awesome. And one of the things um, that she says is that as an artist, when you wake up in the morning, um, your your creative brain and your logical brain are both awake, but usually a few hours into the day, your logical brain takes over and your creative brain kind of gets like pushed back. Because you, you don't, unless you intentionally use it. Um, and so in the morning, I open up a notebook and I just freeform write three full pages. Um, and it's just like the first thing I do in the morning and just writing anything that comes out. It's not like beautiful writing. You would read it and be like, what is she talking about? But it's just a way of like giving my brain permission to be creative um, because it's amazing. It's so amazing. And it's so true that, you know, by noon, if I'm just like, logically moving through my day and being um, more focused on production and getting things done, then I haven't actually given my creativity any, any oxygen. Um, And there's no space for it to actually like think up new ideas or, you know, I'm just basically like putting it on the back burner, but when you put it on the back burner every day, all day, and then suddenly you're like, okay, now brain get creative. It's really hard for your creative brain to just like wake itself up that quickly. So it's, it's an exercise that I do. Um, and that's something that's part of like the artist way. Um, and so I love it. That's, that's a big, a big thing. That's a great tip. Cause you can't expect it's like working out or like giving your creativity a workout so that when you need it to run a marathon, it's kind of like in shape. Oh, that was just pull that right out. <laughs> So dorky. So so true. Yeah. It's like training. It's like you're training the muscle. Yeah. So that, um, and I think honestly, you know, we do have creative, a creative muse and, you know, it's, it's kind of, I would say for myself, it's like kind of 
pompous for me to think that I can ignore my creativity. Like I can ignore my muse for weeks and months at a time and then be like, okay, perform now. And it's sort of like, hang on, what? I've just been sitting back here in a dark corner and I didn't, I didn't, I'm not ready. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, And so it's been a really good practice to wake up and do that. And And is it like, so you're not like doodling, you're not like drawing things. It's like words or like ideas or like, Ooh, here's a fun like idea for something I'd like to create. Like it could be anything, anything. Yeah. It's just three pages, but it's handwriting because that's also good for your creativity apparently. So they say, I don't know, to actually use your, your hand to draw. And so I just write three pages and sometimes I actually discover stuff while I'm writing. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh wow, that was a really cool idea. I didn't have that idea at the beginning of these pages. And other times I finish and I look back and I just like crack up because what I wrote makes no, like it doesn't actually make sense. It's just like sporadic thoughts one at a time, but it's not wrong. You know, like it's fine. Whatever comes out is great. And, um, and it's just a practice over time that I've really come to enjoy. Um, so that's something I do every morning. Then I usually um, head into the kitchen, fill up. I drink a gallon of water a day, which is why I've got my little, you know. Yeah, that's it's like a huge mason jar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mug, jug. So, yep, it is. So I fill up my <laughs> gallon of water in the morning and make coffee. And then I just get started um, with whatever the day has. So. Monday is a big uh, inbox day, which is my least favorite thing ever in the world. But <laughs> Monday is Monday is for inboxes, um, and then to technically today is a holiday because it's President's Day. But I'm working. Let's be honest. It's President's so, Day. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I like to call it that's unfortunate day. <laughs> better than nowadays. My, yes. <laughs> you know. You know. Just quietly. So that, um, yeah, and then I'm actually working on my Way Up North talk today. Nice. Nice. It's coming up. So soon. And I have to get my notes into you guys so soon that I'm just like, I better get to work on it because we're leaving for field trip in a couple of days. Field trip starts on Thursday. And then we leave for Australia the week after that. So I got to get on it. Get on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk to Colin Jakob. That's, I'm not a, I will not be pounding on your door for that. Just this. You can, if you want to. (laughs) What are you going to talk about? And don't tell me what you're going to say, but what's just the, um, I'm talking about putting ideas into action as in like actually doing an idea. So I think creatives have so many ideas all the time, um, and it's really hard to know which ones to go ahead with, like which Mm -hmm. ones to actually try out. And if you are going to try one, it's hard to also know how to do it. Um, And I I know so many creative people that constantly come to me with ideas, and they're so excited about this idea they have, um, but the number of times they actually move forward with them is like 4%. So, okay. and I mean, I don't know if that's true. I made up 4%, but you know, it's very small, it's very like the small yeah. their ideas and they're like, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm like, great. And then the number of times it actually happens is very, very small. So I think actually getting clear on, um, a way to have an idea and to know whether or not to use it or to know how to do it, um, is kind of a, a big thing. And if every creative knew how to do that, I think there would be a lot more ideas in action. Yeah. Well, sounds like you're pretty much the pro at doing stuff. Well, obviously, I mean, I'm the queen of ideas that just does not, that's like, yeah, I meant to do that like 10 years ago. It's still moving it from to-do list to do-do list. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I could use, just send me your notes like right away. Just like literally send them and then I'll study them and then hopefully see you at way up north. But (laughs) Um, you can let me practice my talk by giving it to you via Skype before I get there that's a great idea done done committed (laughs) love it I was going to ask you about two girls and uh, and I already forgot what the continuation was because all I want to say is the other thing (laughs) two girls and uh, 
<laughs> what two girls, one kit? One kit. What what yeah. two girls? Okay. Um, you were gonna say one girls, one cup, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yes, you're the first person who's ever mentioned that in the whole and I like I thought it was funny when I named the series and I really hoped that people would mention it. And I don't know if people are just trying to be polite and not mention it, but no one has ever said that before. You are kidding me. I was like that like I can't think of like that's the only thing that makes me think of and I haven't even that makes me really happy, and I really hope that other people make – I hope that it, other people are thinking of it, too, and they're just, like, too – maybe they think that I don't know, and so they're like, maybe she doesn't know. Well, anyway. either way, I was like – well, first of all, no. As soon as you read <laughs> that, you're like, she knows, and that's actually really clever. I love it. <laughs> you don't even have to explain it. I already – I just love that you used that because it's, like, so twisted that <laughs> – one kit. That's crazy. That makes so me really crazy. happy. <laughs> you just made my day. I'm so happy. Okay. Anyway, thank you. Um. Let's so what do you want to watch that? No, I'm just kidding. Um. Oh, yeah, we can do one of those reaction videos. You know, the reaction videos where people are watching it and then they're just like, oh my God. Let's just both of us just watch it right now and Skype while we're watching <laughs> That would be awesome, literally. That would be way awesome, up, and then we'll be, that will videotape for the way up north, just like that. Yes. takes. Seriously. No, but anyways, I do. I am gonna let you go so you can work on your way up north. But it was so oh. so lovely to speak to you. Really fun, actually. It was really. It was great. Thanks for thanks for catching my weird sense of humor. <laughs> thank you for thank you for indulging me. And um, yeah, have a great day. Say hi to Jaden. I will. And good luck with your Thanks so much for me. beach writing. This was fun. Yeah. All right. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Bye. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.